0: I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm a millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Okay, welcome back, folks. How you doing, Gary?
1: I'm good. How you doing?
0: Good, good. So, uh... Today, as we're getting closer to that magic date of uh, All-Star Game Day, which we'll have the three-point shooting contest, we'll have the skills contest, and we'll have the slam dunk, also known as the Zach Levine contest. And then, of course, the All-Star Game. I would like to talk about p- some players who I think if we had a MVP for the first half of the season would definitely have to be right at the top of the list because they're having such an outstanding, outstanding season. And then Gary, I want to talk about the standings as of today as well, because it, it, the cream always rises to the top and the other teams just fall where they should be. And that is what's happening today as well. And then lastly, we'll talk about the uh, all-star selections. We made some predictions uh, last week, uh, I think most of the players that we thought were going to make it made it, but let's make some comments about that as well. But to start off, let's look at players that have to be in the running for the MVP. If you had a half year MVP and not in any particular order, but I, I I talk about this guy a lot and I, and I think that right now uh, you got to continue to give him a tremendous amount of love. And that is Joel Embiid last week or or maybe a week and a half ago. he, He scored 50 points. He's averaging about, 30 points a game, 29.6 to be exact, the fourth leading score in the NBA. And he's getting 11.2 rebounds. But beyond that, the team is doing exceptionally well. They're 22 and 11 sitting on top of the Eastern Division, and they've been there Gary just literally for just about the entire the entire season. So even though every time they walk into an arena The other team is saying, okay, we got to beat these guys. And there's probably only two or three teams like that. You know, everyone wants to beat the world champs, and the Lakers go through that every day. The Nets go through that because they have the big triumphant that they have over there, even though they haven't all played together that often. And maybe the Clippers and the Bucks. But to maintain your status, winning just about two-thirds of your games more than two thirds of your games, right, right? around two thirds of your games. So it's just just outstanding. And they've been doing that all year long. Yes, he does have help. He does have help with our friend Ben Simmons, who made the All-Star team. We'll talk about that a little later. But you know, Ben's having a good year, a Ben Simmons type year. And he's averaging about fifteen point seven points a game, eight rebounds a game, eight assists a game, and he is number four in the league in steals, getting one point six steals a game. So that's a very well rounded performance for, for Ben. Obviously, I always get at him for his inability to, to shoot beyond uh, the 10-foot mark, but then, then again, he he does do other things to make his team successful, so we have to applaud that. And then the next player I like to talk about, Gary, would be the Joker, and I've talked about him very prominently just about every week. He's averaging 27 points a game, number the ninth leading score at the NBA, getting about 11 assists a game, and a remarkable 8.4 assists a game, 10.9 rebounds a game, I should say, and a remarkable 8.4 assists per game, which is just truly outstanding numbers. Then Luca is not really, his team is just not there. I mean, they're 15 and 16. Not that the Nuggets are doing extremely well. The Nuggets are just 17 and 15 in the eighth spot right now in the West. But, uh, you know, Luca has to be mentioned. He's averaging 28.5 points a game, 8.4 rebounds a game and nine assists a game that's an outstanding uh start for a season and then you have the old standards gary you have the the greek freak is just doing what he always does i mean he's the two-time mvp uh already uh the bucks are 20 and 13 in the number three spot right now he's getting 28.9 points a game he's getting 11.7 rebounds a game he's getting 5.9 assists a game which is just absolutely outstanding probably coming very close to matching his years in which he did win the MVP. And then another MVP perennial candidate is LeBron James. And I, I would hope that LeBron would slow it down a little bit since he uh, was trying to carry the, the entire load uh, playing far too many more minutes than he should, For my estimation. I think he should try to just recognize that the regular season is the regular season. you got to play for the playoffs and not try to win every single game. 25.7 points a game, 8.2 rebounds a game and about eight assists a game so he's having a a great year and then you have Leonard he's averaging 26.8 points a game six rebounds a game and five assists a game but to me a dark horse candidate of a person who has also won this award in the past would have to be James Harden I, I just love the way he has altered his game Gary the team won eight games in a row they're 22 and 12 Just one half game below the the 76ers and Harden, unlike his other two superstars, that being Irving and Irving, who's averaging about he's doing very well. He's averaging about twenty seven point four points a game and Durant's averaging close to 30, even though he's going to be out for a little while. He's played every game just about since he's been with the Nets and he's done well. He's averaging about twenty five points a game. 7.5 rebounds a game and he's leading the league in assists with 11.1 assists per game so I, i think all of those individuals should be in the conversation for for mvp this year especially if the season stopped right now and you had to say okay who's the mvp for the first half of the year those are the players in my estimation gary that would have to be considered
1: for that award so, if the MVP, in my mind, if the MVP was given out today, it should go to Joel Embiid.
2: Mm-hmm. because The
1: Philadelphia 76ers have proven that they are, to me, the best team in the NBA right now. Now, obviously, we believe Brooklyn will probably end up being the best team in the Eastern Conference. But right now, Joel Embiid is putting up numbers that you know Shaq used to put up. hmm which is just amazing for him. And is really the first time that he's really in shape and you're starting to see it. I just wish that he wouldn't miss so many games. Uh, I think that may be his biggest knock on winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did mention two guys that I believe, you know, should be mentioned. Okay. And the guy that's in second place for me is Damian Lillard. Because I think you're given the same, quote-unquote, you know, you're overlooking game just like the media does. The Portland Trailblazers, do not have C.J. McCollum, who's supposed to be their second best player. They don't have Nurkic, who's their third best player. And we were talking about this with LeBron uh, last week, you know, with Anthony Davis not being there. Well, Portland's the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference without those two guys. Dave Lillard is single-handedly carrying the team. We all know that he should have been an all-star starter.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Uh, he's probably the best point guard in the league right now. And he's carrying a Portland Trailblazer team that's best player right now is old Carmelo Anthony. That's not, <laughs> that's not a lot, you know. So you know he's averaging twenty nine, you know, almost thirty and eight assists, and he's single handedly carrying his team. Now we know that uh, earlier they lost to the Lakers, which to me doesn't really show that much because that was a must win game for the Lakers because they've lost a few games in a row. And you didn't mention Steph Curry.
2: uh, Oh, okay.
1: Because Steph Curry is averaging the same amount of points, the same amount of assists, and the same amount of rebounds he did when he won his two MVPs.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And I think people, you know, they're not mentioning it because the Golden State Warriors are not, you know, they're right now, you know, the eighth seed, I believe, in the Western Conference. So no one's really mentioning it. But Steph Curry, just like Dame Willard, is carrying a team with his quote-unquote second-best player being Mr. Triple Single, Draymond Green. That's Mm -hmm. not a lot of talent and a lot of help for Steph, and I believe that he should be in the conversation as well. You know, Gary, I I can't argue those two
0: players adding it to the, the list, and that would make a list of seven more like a list of nine because Littler's having a fantastic year. I mean, he really is. You can't, you know, averaging 30 points a game and eight assists a game and getting about four four 4.4 rebounds a game. He's doing doing extremely well. I did not realize that Steph is having a year comparable to a couple of the years that he won the MVP award, which is, uh, that says a whole lot because he does not have a lot of help. You're absolutely right about that. And Lillard doesn't have a lot of help either. So, those two guys are carrying their team. And you look at the trailblazers, right? you know, they're doing well. They're 18 and 14 right now, and, and and the Warriors are 18 and 15. So those two players must be given a, a great deal of love. If I had to throw a couple of dark horses in there, Gary, these are the real dark horses, and I, and I looked this up because years ago I was a little bit disappointed when this individual won the MVP award, but as the years went on, I said to myself, you know, he deserved it. Even though he didn't have the numbers that maybe Willis Reed or some of the other players had during that time, Wes Unsel won the MVP award in 1969 in his rookie year. He was rookie of the year and MVP. And the reason why, one of the main reasons why, was the team won. They won the championship that year, or they did extremely well that year. And he averaged about 18 rebounds a game while scoring only about 13 points a game. So I, I looked at Gobert, and I know that Gobert doesn't have a lot of love out there, and he, and he really hurt himself when he did that whole antic at the press conference about COVID and touching the microphone and doing all these other crazy things. But putting that to, to one side, which I think will probably cause <laughs> him never to get enough votes to win an MVP award, the guy has rebounded extremely well. He's the second or 3rd leading rebounder in the NBA. He's won the Defensive Player of the Year award in the past, and so that's the past. but he's getting about – 14 points a game. He's also number three in the league in, in block shots, getting about, I'm sorry, he's number two in the league in block shots, getting almost three block shots a game. Tremendous defensive force. And when you look at the Jazz, they're 26 and seven. 26 and seven. You have Mitchell, who's doing extremely well, averaging about 24 points a game and getting about four and a half rebounds and five assists a game. But really, the glue of that team is the fact that they play just unbelievable defense their defense is just phenomenal and he's really the linchpin of that defensive effort that they have and so he's not going to win the mvp award will not be in the discussion i'm sure but when you look at past mvp award winners like a wes unsell who was the glue yes they had earl the pearl Earl. they had great players on that baltimore team and they were called the baltimore bullets at the time and they're now the wizards but the bottom line of it is Sometimes the numbers are are misleading because even though they're not as flashy as they could or should be, it doesn't mean you're not having a big impact on your team. And that is why I went back and I looked at Ben Simmons, Gary, because you kept saying you know Ben Simmons should be on All Star team. And I said, Ah, no, nah, I don't think so. He can't ball throw the ball in the ocean. But then again, when you look at how he's performed across the board as far as rebounding, assists, and steals, you know he's he's one of the top performers in those categories for his position. Yes, he averages only about 15 points a game, but Got to look at the total picture. And I I remember doing that with same thing with a guy like Jason Kidd. You you had to look at his overall role on the team and the impact he had on games. And so those guys would not, he he won't be the MVP. But if I had to end with a 10th guy, I'd look at him. I would look at Trey Young, who's, you know, Atlanta's falling apart. Yeah, but still, the guy's averaging about 27 points a game, 9.5 assists. He's just doing some marvelous things on the court. 14, that yeah, it has Capella, who's the leading rebounder in the NBA with 14 rebounds a game. But, you know, they are a couple of players away from from being a, a contender down the road. So, yeah, that's how I would round out. If I had to add, make it 10, Gary, I would add in your two, which would be uh, Curry and, and Lillard, And then I would uh, look at one of those other individuals that I mentioned, that being a Simmons or a Young or a Gobert, filling that last spot.
1: Well, let me say this as well. When it comes to the MVP, a lot of the media uh, journalists and all the writers, they only look at the MVP from 1980 on because that's when they actually started voting for it as the media itself, not players.
2: Mm-hmm. So they
1: would never look at Rudy Gobert as the MVP, ever, 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 ever. I know, they
2: wouldn't. I agree, uh, they wouldn't. <laughs> but
1: what they'll do is they'll take all the numbers that you just mentioned, and they'll put it in Defensive Player of the Year category, which I think that's the category that he belongs in. Good point. I also don't think some of the guys you've mentioned should be even in the conversation for MVP mm-hmm. because the team's not winning enough. I agree. Lot more help than, you know, than others like Luca should not be in the conversation. But if you look at the numbers, I understand why um, you have them in there. Now, as
0: far as Luca's concerned, he has to show us more. And in fact, they're on TV almost every, you know, every week, at least once. And every time, you know, he puts the ball in the basket, but the team just loses. He does not give the team that little oomph that they need to be able to win games, just like the Celtics. The Celtics is just losing. Now, granted, you know, Walker is coming back and and he's starting to play better, but, you know, Brown and Tatum are getting 25 points a game, but they're just losing. They have to understand that they have to get some type of, they maybe could blame the coach or what. I don't know. What do you want to, you know, how do you explain it? But the bottom line of of these games is you got to win. And, then, and that's why you got a guy like Leonard who just every day grinds it out, grinds it out. But crunch time comes. You don't look at Paul George. Crunch time comes. Leonard has the ball. And they win. You know, simple as that. Same thing with the Suns. The Suns are like in the fourth spot now. They're 21 wins, 11 losses. you got to say that Chris Paul that is a major factor to that performance. When the Houston Rockets are in the toilet right now. I mean, the team wins. And the Spurs, just the coaching and the well-balanced team that they are, you know, they were way down before, Gary. Now they're right in the thick of it. They're in the fifth spot right now. So when you look at, you know, certain teams and and you say to yourself, uh, you know, who is the star player? What's the star player's impact? You got to win. I always talk about Julius Randle. Because why? The Knicks are winning. And Knicks and winning never went into the same sentence. A few years ago, yeah, it just never did. They lost all the time. They were terrible. They were an embarrassment to New York, and now they're right in the thick of things. You know, they're they're in the sixth spot. But then teams that are good. I mean, Miami was in the finals last year. They're right in the thick of it again. They won five in a row recently, and they're number five. The Raptors are number four, and they were in the toilet not too long ago either, as well. So, you know, you, you're seeing the good teams rise, and and the other teams, you know, fall to their expected positions. But the impact players, Julius Randle is one of those impact players. Chris Paul, one of those impact players. You can't really say that about Luca. unfortunately. The team is losing. So he's not having a real positive impact. He's getting his numbers, but the team is losing. you got to give Harden a pat on the back because of that same reason. His team is winning, and he has altered his game more than anybody else to help his team win as much much as they have. So that is why they would make – in my estimation, the top 10 players for consideration. And I agree, but Trey Young, he's a little bit young. But I, I, I like to mention him because, you know, I, in college, I thought he, I, I never saw how, how great he was. And now he's really, you know, every time I see him on the court, he's an exciting player to look at play. So I want to give him a little love. And I mentioned Ben Simmons because I hit him every week. So I figured I'd give him a little love this week.
1: To Luca's defense, <laughs> because you said a lot there, to Luca's defense, because you mentioned Julius Randle, which is why, it, you know, I wouldn't mention Julius So, soon. But to Luka's defense, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they would be where the Indiana Pacers are at eight and the Knicks are seven. So I don't want to go too far and say Luka's not having an impact on his team. He is having an impact on his team. But it's very clear, you know, when you watch Dallas and you watch Boston and you watch compared to a Utah or San Antonio, the ball sticks. And that's mm. the biggest issue, is they like to play iso ball, and iso ball doesn't work. Boston doesn't have many facilitators on their team, and Dallas has facilitated Luca because they play the LeBron system, drive and kick. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work if you don't have the guys who are able to knock down the shot to play great defense. Or in Boston's case, they're in every game, but then Kemba misses a clutch shot basically every time. So they, yeah. they got to find a way to close the games out, but they also got to move the ball a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. My show has never gone by without mentioning Zion Williamson, and so I'm gonna have to mention him now. He's uh, doing every game. He seems to score even more. He's averaging almost 26 points a game now. He was at 22, 23. Now he's at around 25.6, almost 26 points a game. And Ingram is maintaining his uh, 24 point scoring average. So, and you have ball playing well. So, I, I just feel that in the second half of the season, Gary, and I hope this happens, the Pelicans really start to click and start finishing off games and winning games because I, I would like for them to be a threat to uh, the Lakers and to the Clippers if they can in the playoffs. And number one, I want them to make the playoffs. And so then after that, I would like for them to you know, hang in there and, and actually get some good playoff experience for for the future because they're all you know, extremely young, obviously. But you know, right now they're 14 and 18, you know, so they're in the 11th or 12th spot at this point. Hopefully, with the experience they've gained playing together during the first half of the season, it help them with uh, the second half of the season.
2: Following three terms on the City Council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal
0: government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. So, Gary, what do you think about the reserves that were selected by the NBA for the All-Star game?
1: Any replacements? Well, first, I think the NBA did a great job. Coaches picked the right players, obviously. I'm not just saying that because most of the players we've already picked uh, for the reserves last week. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with Nikola Vucevic being on the team. I know he's having a great year. He's having 24 and 12, and he's shooting about 40% from the three-point line. Mm -hmm. But the Orlando Magic... I'm sorry, they shouldn't have an all-star, especially when the Toronto Raptors don't have an all-star this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Playing a lot better throughout the last month of the year. I'm happy Sabonis got the start. I'm not happy Kevin Durant's not playing in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate.
1: That's very unfortunate. And I'm also happy for the Western Conference that Devin Booker is going to take Anthony Davis's spot so people can stop, you know, going quote-unquote crazy over that. And I do think Devin Booker deserved a spot. It's just, as I said last week, it's very hard to take him, you know, to put him on take somebody off. But how do you feel about the reserves? Well, isn't this
0: the second time that Devin Booker's been, like, the replacement all-star? Yes. Yes, last year he was
1: replacing replacement as well. Okay. <laughs> so the guy,
0: I don't know. And last year he put up some phenomenal numbers as far as scoring. I think he was averaging about 29 and 30 points a game. Then now he shares the ball more with the new concept they have Playing with Chris Paul. But uh, yeah, I guess you make it any way you make it. And I'm glad he made the All Star team. The team is doing exceptionally well. You know, they're 21 and 11. And he is the leading scorer, averaging about 25 points a game, 4.3 assists a game, and 3.6 rebounds a game. They're a balanced scoring team. They got Anton, who's a great rebounder, fourth leading rebounder in the NBA. And of course, you have uh, Chris Paul, who's also on the All Star team. So for Phoenix to get two, that's uh, you know you can say oh well how do they how do they make that happen? Well, we've talked about Chris Paul earlier. Then there's no question that he has been an impact type player for the Suns. His 16.6 points per game scoring average, nearly nine assists a game, and about five rebounds a game is is All Star worthy. This will make the 11th time that he will be an all-star. and Back in 2013, he actually won the MVP award in the all-star game. So it's, it's hard to say any one of these guys should not be on there. I'm glad Julius Randle made it for his first all-star game. Uh, ben Simmons, this would be his third all-star game. So it would have been kind of uh, strange if he hadn't made it. And I'm really, really happy for it. I talked about him earlier. I'm really happy that, that Zach Levine is, is being shown some love. The guy can really play. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he's in the slam dunk contest because it will be exciting if he is. He's averaging about 29 points a game. Yeah, his bulls are, ter- are terrible. And we know that. They're not terrible. They're, they're right in the bubble, I guess. They're about the 10th, They're in the 10th spot or something like that. They're 15 and 17 right now with no one else really on the team of real high quality. It's five assists, five rebounds. He's just an exciting player to watch. And so I really don't have any objections with the selection. I hear what you're saying with Lillard not being a starter, and you you look at his numbers, you know, they are starter worthy. And then, of course, Wizards have started to make a little bit of a run of late. And Bill, this would be his third All-Star appearance. Uh, He's part of the starting group. I have no problems with that. You know, Kyrie Irving, we, we, we talked about him not playing a lot of games, but you know, you corrected me on that, Gary, and this would be his, uh, you know, seventh all-star appearance. He also won the MVP award in all-star game in the past in 2014, 27 points a game. It's averaging. So I just hate the format. As I mentioned in the past, I wish that they would go back to the more traditional way of playing basketball where you don't have to add up the score every quarter and, and then have a fresh start every quarter where you have the East play against the West and let the P- tips fall where they may so we can root for one side versus the other. So the people on the East Coast can actually chair for the players from the Eastern Division and the people on the West Coast can actually chair for the players who are part of the Western Division, like it used to be. And I wish they will return to that type of format and not have the pickup game concept, which um, really is not conducive to, to anything other than the players having chance to pick who they want to play with which that's not what their all-star game is about their all-star game has been in the past about the east playing the west and the best players from each division playing against each other in the past Gary sometimes there's always a problem because you would have too many forwards or too many centers not enough guards but they've they've worked that out plus there's so many players in the NBA today that can play more than one position on on the court so that's not a problem anymore now it's just a matter of not knowing who will be on which team. And that to me is uh, unfortunate <laughs> that we're going to be kept in suspense. I guess they feel that that it, it's suspenseful to do this, but I think it's just ridiculous.
2: Well, there still
1: is a problem with the all-star voting, and that's the fact that they don't have the center position anymore. And I think they should, you know, put back the center position in the all-star voting. Right now, it's two guards and three forwards. I think no. that
2: should be
1: okay. I should- they still do have an issue because now what they're doing is they're putting centers with all the forwards and there's so many forwards and now the centers can't make it. There's, all, mm. you know, there's still issues and, you know, we'll see if they decide to fix it, especially when they changed it. There weren't any great centers in the NBA. The best center was Dwight Howard. So that's, you know, that's saying, you know, he's a hall of famer, but you know, that's the point I'm trying to make. There, you know, there weren't any Joel Embiid or, or Jokic or any one of those type of centers in the league. So, I think they should make that change to the All-Star Game. But, you know, hopefully it'll be interesting and hopefully, you know, it'll be exciting to watch. I do want to say also that Zach Levine will probably not be participating in the dunk contest. Oh, oh. And he shouldn't because I think at this point he has evolved past that point. I think the slam dunk contest is great for guys that have never done it
2: Mm -hmm. who are
1: in their prime. Mm Mm-hmm or guys that are brand new who can really jump out the gym. We just don't know their names, like Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm happy that he probably won't be doing it. If he's doing it, I'll be excited, you know, just like you will be, just like everyone else will be who's listening. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be in it this year.
0: Okay. And then they have uh, Doc Rivers is going to coach the Eastern Conference, and Quinn Snyder will coach the West because those are the two top coaches right now. The 76ers are in uh, first place in the East and the Jazz are in first place um, in the West. So that's um, pretty standard.
1: So, Dad, Kyrie Irving uh, mentioned that he would like to see the NBA logo change to Kobe Bryant. How do you feel about that as a person who watched Jerry West play?
0: Well, I believe Jerry West would agree that if it changed – he wouldn't have a problem with that i think he would agree that it would be a nice change jerry west was never the type of player that wanted to have people really brag about him all the time he, he just he was kind of a humble player from west virginia just put up great numbers won a lot of games obviously didn't win as many championships as he would have liked but he's not really into that and everyone even knows his claim to fame which is the fact that he's helped organize championship teams as a gm and as a vice president of, of operations for teams so I think he wouldn't have a problem with that. I think he uh, truly loved Kobe Bryant and uh, like so many other players who got to know him over the years. And it would be fitting. You know, I think that to have someone tragically leave us the way that Kobe did with his daughter and, and others who were on the helicopter, um, it would be a nice, nice touch. And I know that the anniversary of the tragic death of Kobe Bryant occurred in January. Maybe by the time we get to the second anniversary of is that um maybe the NBA will reconsider and make that decision in an appropriate time.
1: So I completely agree with you. I want Kobe Bryant to be the uh, on the new NBA logo. I just didn't like the messenger. It's not that I don't, you know, like Kyrie Irving, but we know how how close Kyrie and Kobe were to each other. I think it should be somebody else besides Kyrie Irving making that statement. But I do think Kobe Bryant should be the logo of the NBA moving
0: forward. Well, I'll never forget Kobe's line that he said to Kyrie Irving when they were playing basketball at some pickup game in some pickup game years ago. And Kyrie Irving looked over at Kobe and said, you're treating me like a high school kid. And Kobe looked back at him and said, you just got out of high school, kid. And I thought it was so funny. And I know now it may not um, <laughs> may not seem that funny at at, at this point, but the way he said it, it was just it was so it was spontaneous on the part of Kobe, and the look on Kyrie's face when he said it, it was it was priceless. <laughs> and Gary, one one last point, I'd like to give our prayers. I know you would share in these sentiments to uh, Tiger Woods, who was in a um, accident recently, and thank God that it was not a life threatening accident. But whenever you have um, multiple hour surgery. It's it's always a significant concern. And thank God we know that he had the best medical attention available in the area. Thank God everything seemed to have gone extremely well as of this date, at this time. And we have no reason to think that it won't continue to go in the positive direction and he will recover 100%. And our prayers go out to him and his his family as he uh, recuperates.